Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump. Busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain, problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child. And if you had told me back then that I'd be speaking about this stuff out loud, I would have told you to give your head a wobble. Oh my goodness, we're back with a fourth season and I don't even know where to start. There's so much going on. Uh, The headline then is that there's a book coming out this week, in fact, a book, a book, a Why Mums Don't Jump book, which happened after a listener who was also a literary agent got in touch, the wonderful Kerry Glencourse, and asked if I might consider writing one. I know it sounds totally like a Disney film, but it wasn't. And with Kerry's help, I have actually written a book and I think I can safely say it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. My heart and soul are on those pages Um, It's based on the podcast, it's built around the stories of some of the brave and brilliant women I've been able to speak to over the past three seasons, alongside some of the experts who have given up their time to help to guide us. It's my story too. Um, I really, really hope it helps to smash a huge hole in the taboo that surrounds pelvic floor problems and leaves women suffering in silence and in shame. It feels like a really big deal like in my life Um, and it's all happened in such a magical way through the community this community so thanks to everyone who has listened and shared and reviewed and sent me lovely messages along the way and on we go another season packed with women's stories and expert voices who are going granular on surgery on pelvic pain and loads more besides and i i don't think i'm ready for it all i'm not i'm not ready for any of it but then when are we ever really ready so here goes um this is a listener's story Katie Nicholson, who lives in Liverpool with her husband and two-year-old son, and she has a really great story to tell. Um, on Instagram, she is at Mummy to London Marathon, which gives you some clue as to where this is heading. I'll let her yeah, tell you the so rest. I was, I've always ran from probably about the age of 15, 16, um, and I've never really been interested in running a marathon. Um, but I always entered the ballot. I was like, well, if it happens, it happens. And we were trying to conceive. And I said to my husband, I'll get a marathon place this year. And you bet, <laughs> you bet your bottom dollar I, we got, I got a marathon place. I rang him and I was so like, typical. so typical. So I was like, well, you know, it's not worked out. It's been about six months so far. And I was like, so let's just train. I was like, see what happens. So this was 2019. And I was training and I ran up to about probably 16 miles or so. And then COVID hit and the marathon was cancelled. And as soon as I stopped training, I fell pregnant. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't know if that was a sign. I was probably training too hard. Um, and then obviously marathon got cancelled and I was pregnant. So um, then Lucas arrived in December 2020. But in the back of my mind, I was always like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to run a marathon after having a baby? And... And then obviously, to be honest, I didn't really know a lot about kind of 
things that could happen during birth, you know. No, nobody I, does. No, and um, because everything was online, I think I had like one hour, like antenatal class. Oh and I, gosh, yeah. yeah. So I remember them saying, oh, you know, if you have a tear, you'll receive stitches or whatever. And if it's really bad, then you'll go to theatre. And that was the extent of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when Lucas arrived, he he was quite big, £9.8. Um, okay. And he arrived quite quickly for a uh, first-time mum. Uh, and I had him in the water. And I didn't want to get out of the water because I was in too much pain. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I just want to stay. So I was in the water for about two, maybe three hours. And I had some um, bladder retention as well because I was in the mm-hmm. water and I didn't get out to go to the toilet. And um, obviously it was a bit of a big baby, first time on, in the water for a very long time. And, the, you know, then the third degree tear happened. So mm-hmm. so that was uh, that was the start, really. Um, and then, But it, always in my head, I was like, I've got to run this marathon, I've got to run this marathon. Like, it's the London Marathon, it's... The biggest marathon in the whole of the, the UK, and I always wanted to do it. So, T- tell me, you were not thinking that actually during the birth? Not during the birth. Okay, good. <laughs> but very soon after, and like I didn't really realise the extent of what had happened and how you know serious it can be and, and life changing for some people. No, so, well, that was my thing as well. Like, yeah. I heard third degree tear, mm-hmm. like you. I knew I could tear, everybody yeah. tears, little tear, a few stitches, yeah. off you go. No concept whatsoever of what that actually meant no. for my body or how serious that was. Yeah. I remember leaving the hospital and I'd waited, um, like emptying my bladder and stuff and make sure everything was okay. And, and I remember leaving the hospital with like basically a shopping bag of medication. And I was like, oh, I was like, wow, I think there was maybe three different types of antibiotics and like two different laxatives and painkillers galore and I remember thinking wow I was like this is heavy like and I was thinking wow and they were like it was like a 10-day course I think uh, and my mum works in a pharmacy and she said to me oh those antibiotics Katie like you cannot have a drink you will be violently ill and I was like, oh, I was like, okay, like I was not that I was planning to, but obviously Chris, <laughs> Christmas was coming up. I think she was like, you need a good few days off them before you have even a sip because they're the kind that you get when you go to the dentist and it's a, you've got like hardcore, yeah. And she was like, do not. And I was like, oh, I've no plans to. Don't worry. Um, so from there, uh, obviously COVID, so we weren't really seeing many people. Uh, I remember getting one of those like rubber rings to sit on. Yes. Um, But I think the the sleep was the hardest thing in the first couple Mm -hmm. of days because I knew, like Mark knew that I needed, I hadn't really slept well in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you really, like, if you're going to recover, you need like, but then it's just like the guilt element as well of, and I think it was the first night we were home, we were up and downstairs with the Moses basket. And I remember just standing up off the sofa and I just completely lost control of my bladder and just, wet myself and I was like oh my gosh I only stood up and I was like I was like is this how it's gonna be I was like that really panicked me and I, was, I had mm-hmm. hold of Lucas and I, I was like Mark I was like I was like I've just wet myself like you know and to be honest that was a fairly isolated incident but no one even mm-hmm. warned you that I mean I don't know if that's common or what but it didn't feel like it felt very alien and it was quite scary Mm -hmm. so I think from that point I was like I didn't 
I didn't really want to look online because that scared me more. Like Dr. Google is just, yeah, it's, it's not your friend in those situations. So I just lent on my mum and Mark's mum a lot for help and support and, um, you know, they'd come and take washing and cook meals and stuff and try and just... Thank goodness for the yeah, grandmas. Literally, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mark is amazing at, you know, like yeah. housework and things. So he was just very much like, I always remember in the shower, you know, like when you, we've got like a little window thing to wipe the water off the, yeah, um, the walls and a little squeegee thing. Yeah, a little squeegee. Yeah. And uh, I remember he wouldn't even let me do that in case I did <laughs> to my stitches. Um, and it's like a simple thing, but he was like, no, no bending or anything like so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty intense, and I think um, it was a blessing and a curse with COVID because I didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. So in some ways, that probably helped. Yeah, there's no pressure to get out and yeah. meet people and get to the playgroups and do all those kind of things. Yeah. As useful as that can be and as kind of yeah. reaffirming as it is to chat with other mums in the yeah. same boat, sometimes, yeah, that maybe that can add a bit of pressure that you could do without in those early early weeks at least. Definitely. So I think then um, Lucas was like 10 days before Christmas and then I think by January we were in a proper lockdown anyway. So yeah. it was just a case of... Uh, survive and you know stay at home with the baby and uh, it was it was nice in some ways and you know we established a really good routine and stuff but I think in hindsight that it helped it helped from a recovery point of view. So tell me about your recovery and especially about your pelvic floor stuff then how did how did that pan out? Um, so I we did go to B and Q actually during Christmas. I, I should do. What's this do. got to do with your know, pelvic floor? But I'll explain <laughs> because um, I it was we knew that we were going into another lockdown, and Mark was like, "We don't know how long this lockdown's going to be. I want to get some fence paint in case the weather comes <laughs> up, and I want to be able to do the garden." So off we popped in between Christmas and New Year, and it was like, "Let's get stuff in case it ends up being spring by the time we're free." So we went and we went to Costa and I had a hot chocolate and we went into B&Q and I thought that I was about to pass wind and and I wasn't. And I said, I looked at Mark and I said, we need to go now. But he was like, can't, can't I go to the till? And I said, absolutely no way. I was mortified and I was just like, is this going to be my life? You know, I was like, this is just mortifying. And, and, and we got in the car and like, came home it was only a couple of minutes drive but it felt like I was like I could not wait to get through that front door and I was just like so embarrassed and you know it was I honestly thought that think it was going to be like that for a long time and I'm really mm-hmm. really fortunate that that was a one-off incident mm-hmm. and, and this it, is and sorry to be like really yeah. detailed yeah. but this is urinary incontinence is it no bowel incontinence bowel incontinence yeah and I'm really oh, thankful. I can only imagine in that yeah. moment that must have been it was horrific just heartbreaking for you yeah and there's there's not many people I've told that story to so this is really um yeah really putting out there for um for the women that go through this because I know there's a lot of women that suffer daily with this kind of thing from birth injuries and it makes me feel really lucky <laughs> that I'm I'm not in that position but when it happened it was uh yeah it was mortifying and I couldn't wait to get home and you know clean myself up basically so but yeah um that was the worst of it thankfully um 
Uh, and then obviously you kind of still bleeding for a while after and I was a bit like am I bleeding or am I wetting myself I'm not really <laughs> wasn't really really sure and um the women's were really good I, I had a six-week appointment um and I went to see the uh, one of the midwives there this um, is back at the hospital where you delivered back at the hospital where I delivered yeah so at six weeks you go back there and then you have your general like GP follow-up too um so I was really impressed by that because that came through pretty much straight yeah, away yeah that's great yeah is that is that because you had a tear or because just, I had is the, this for a, yeah yeah okay. third degree tear yeah mm-hmm. um so I saw the midwife there and she did an assessment and stuff and she said that I needed to see the physio which was quite normal in for a third degree tear but she said that mm-hmm. I was wasn't able to lift my pelvic floor it was, I was kind of like bearing down and I mean I remember trying to do the squeezes in pregnancy but because I didn't see anyone because it was COVID and stuff I didn't have a clue what I was doing I was squeezing my bum cheeks and, uh, and my thighs Katie you and are I, not alone with that one I still think now am I doing these right like yeah and I've had many physio appointments but once you like lose the knack it's uh mm. you do kind of doubt yourself you're like is this right like um so yeah so she referred me from that point um and I actually asked her at that six-week appointment if I was going to be able to run the marathon. And she kind of looked at me as if to say, hmm, don't think so, honey. <laughs> and I remember being like, but I really, really want to. And she was like, let's just see how it goes. And the marathon was actually scheduled for April 2022. Um, but fortunately for me, it was pushed back to the October. So I had like another six months, which was like the best thing that could have happened really I needed those extra six months um so so yeah from there I physio I had my first appointment but it was on the phone um and I she with the best will in the world like how is that gonna work you just told me how hard it is to know if you're doing a pelvic floor squeeze like over the phone I know and I literally it's better than nothing it's better than nothing it is better than nothing and I you know she talked to me a lot about diet and fiber and stuff as well because they didn't want me to be um constipated in any way and um so that was helpful um and I every morning now I have like flax seeds on my cereal and stuff, which really, Me too. really, Me really too. helps. Uh, top tip. <laughs> and um, I basically begged her. She told me the next physical, like in person appointment was like six weeks away. And by mm. this point, I think it was Lucas probably about ten weeks, which I know is no time at all. But I was like, please, please. I was like, I just really, really want to know. I was like, I want to know what's happening down there and if everything's okay. Mm. But I also want to really crack on with these pelvic floor exercises. And I put the phone down and she rang me back within like 15 minutes and said she'd had a cancellation for like five days later. And I was like, yep, yeah, I'll be there. I was like, I will sort childcare no matter what. Like, so, so I went to my first appointment um, and they think they grade you, don't they, on... I don't know if you've ever been graded like uh, public floor strength, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't quite know the system, but there is one. Yeah, so um, I think she graded me like a two out of five or something. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's not very good, is it? <laughs> but she was like, the good thing is you are contracting, but we just need to work on your strength. And and she mm. really encouraged me to to try running. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, she really encouraged me like couch to five k. She was like, you need to start really, really um slowly so a couple of days later uh, I did the first session I think of the couch to 5k which was 
eight by one minutes. And yeah, it's like walk for 30 <laughs> yeah. seconds, run for something. Like, yeah, um, it's barely any it, running, is it? Yeah. And, um, but I bet that felt amazing. It though. did. Yeah. Like my mum walked with Lucas in the pram and I just did like the one minutes and then walked back to them. And it just, it just felt a bit like, this is me. Like, this is what I wanted. And it was just like, oh, so I can't wait for this. Uh, I was also scared. I thought, you know, I don't want um, my organs to, like, fall out. So I was very, mm-hmm. yeah. very wary of that. And then the net, was it the same day? I think it might have been. Um, I had to drive and collect something from the shops. And so my mum was at home with Lucas and... I was in the car coming back and someone drove into the back of me. Oh, no. So I was like, thought my running journey was just about to start and then ended up with whiplash. So oh, I was, no. And it was like really genuinely hurt. And I was like, oh, but I was like, maybe this is a sign. I was like, so then I mm-hmm. had to leave it before I, I tried again. So, um, yeah, so there was a, it was a very slow start getting back to running. It was very different to how I'd imagined, you know, six weeks, like, oh, let's all bounce back to pre-baby and that. It's very, very different. And I think it was probably about four months, really, by the time I ended up restarting the Couch to 5K. And it wasn't without um, stress incontinence. You know, I was okay on, like, the one minute. And then if there was a very slight change in terrain, it was... I was like, what's, what's this? I was like, you know, downhill, uphill, something, it would, it would, um, it would start creeping, rearing its ugly head. And, and it would really knock my confidence when that happened as well. Um, of course. So because it was the NHS physio, I ended up um, going private just so I could be seen kind of in between. Because mm. I'm very much like, I need that feedback of like, I'm doing things right. And yeah, just like that pat on the back of like you are doing it right keep going but you've got to a keep bit of emotional support yeah. from someone who understands right yeah um and Jackie um is really she actually works for the women's now but um she works privately as well she was really really helpful and you know really empathetic with the situation and why I really wanted to get back because who's this Jackie we should give her a full name shout out <laughs> Um, Jackie Robertson. Um, okay. So okay. Uh, she now works, as I say, at the women's, but she was privately where I saw her. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. no, she she was really good. Um, I felt like I'd gone to like therapy after I'd seen her, you know, because like, you're mm-hmm. just talking and getting things off your chest, and yeah, and she just understood that how good running is for you mentally as well. Um, yeah. So she gave me some tips on doing like um, like body checks. She was like, "It sounds as though your pelvic floor is." working and can work when you're running but it's probably a little bit of tension a bit of stress she was like when you're tense then she was like that can you know your pelvic floor is a muscle and that can lead to you know stress incontinence as well so if I was going out running I'd I'd do a little kind of body scanning I think she called it um I'd try and like relax make sure that I was there was no tension in my arms my neck that kind of thing so that that was a really good tip it's so interesting that side of things, isn't it? Because I think generally, I mean, we all, none of us have a great knowledge of any of this stuff, yeah. but like the general sense is, oh, it's weak, uh, your pelvic floor is weak, that's why you're leaking. But then there's this whole other side of things where your pelvic floor can be overly tight yeah. and then just kind of gets you tired and give up and then you leak at, at that end of the scale as well. So she obviously clocked that with you yeah. and it sounds like it made a difference. Yeah, it definitely did. And I think just knowing that if it started happening, there was something that I could do about it rather than just think oh this is going to get worse and worse and worse over the course of the run or maybe I need to turn back there was something I could do to try and help me relax 
mm-hmm. and kind of continue with the run. And, and, and to be honest, it, it was definitely something that worked for me. I remember seeing one of your so you you started an Instagram account about yes. Mummy to Mummy to London Marathon, and I remember seeing one of your posts saying like, "I I can't even do a five k park run or something without leaking. Yeah. How am I ever going to be able to run this marathon?" Yeah. Did you always believe you would get there? Or to be honest, no. Um, it was Jackie that encouraged me. She told me about Sophie Power. I think it's been on the podcast, yeah. hasn't she? She has. Um, yeah. She told me, she was like, follow Sophie. She was like, she is such an inspiration. And I started following her. And then I was like, maybe I should make my own Instagram. And I think I mentioned in our previous chat that no no one actually knows about this Instagram, which I'm probably part of this taboo issue um, because I've never really spoken about many of these things before. And I think mm-hmm. if it maybe hadn't been for COVID, maybe it would have came out a bit more natural but six months down the line when you're having to catch up with friends it just didn't feel as pertinent to be explaining in depth you know that I'd it's quite a big one to bust out in the middle of a conversation (laughs) isn't it I mean there's there's being open and then there's like yeah how do you start that conversation so um but yeah I didn't always believe that I would get there um as I say, thank, thankfully, the marathon was postponed by another six months, which definitely helped me. And there was moments of doubt. And I actually, the, one of my physios at the women's um, left. And so I was put in touch with Faye. Um, she was going to be my new physio. Faye is a Pilates instructor. And when I met her, I just felt like, I just felt like she got it. And all the exercises that she gave me, it wasn't just about my squeezes. It was all to do with your core and everything and your breathing. And I was like, I felt like I actually left the hospital and went straight to the gym to do a workout with these exercises. And it that just I felt like, I was like, this is what I want to be doing. I don't want to be thinking yeah. I need to sit on the couch and do my squeezes. And yeah. she was like, and this is what's going to help. And so I'd see Faye at the women's and then I'd go to her Pilates classes and I still go to them now. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that has been was a game changer, I think, for me. And I and I love this, and I wish more people could know I about know. this because you know you can get so far by doing your pelvic floor exercises under guidance if you're doing them properly. Yeah. But like, if if you want to get to actually doing, you know, back to doing some serious kind of exercise, which was your thing before, yeah. and you wanted to get back to again, like that's not going to get you there, is no. it? You need, need to do, be that. doing the the functional exercises that yeah. are happening when you're running or walking or whatever you know jumping on a trampoline so um so you just threw everything at it after that then you like physio left right and center yeah. pilates gym running yeah and to be honest I've always been gym running so it was a bit like if I'm gonna get back to that this is what I really need to put the work in so um tell me about the London Marathon day then what was that like uh, um well I was just chuffed to be there yeah so I got the tube and I met some friends who lived down there and they kindly let me go for a wee in their house before I went to the start line <laughs> um and I would say I probably was a little bit conscious of my water intake because I was thinking how's this gonna go and the toilet queues were huge and but I was just so chuffed I didn't have my phone with me um I just wanted to enjoy it and I was just like really hopeful that I was gonna see Mark and my parents and Lucas on the way around and uh it was just, you know what? It was like a carnival. 
I know. I th- I feel like a really crazy runner saying that, like one of those people that's addicted to running, and and I'm not like that. I've totally fell off the wagon. I've totally <laughs> fell off the wagon since then. But um, yeah, it was a hundred percent like the music bands on, people singing, and everyone was shouting my name. I felt famous. I was like, how do I know these people? They're all shouting Katie. <laughs> it oh, yeah. it was honestly amazing. I couldn't really can't really bottle that feeling, and I don't think I'd be able to top it if I ever did another one. I'm just really proud. Like you should be. Thank you. So, and how did your pelvic floor get on? Absolutely fine no issues the whole way around I couldn't believe it it was wow I was like this and I think probably because I wasn't thinking about it I was just having us mm. in the moment had such a great day and enjoyed 90% of it <laughs> there was a little point at mile 16 where I was like this is really hard and I've still got to run another 10 miles but yeah. um <laughs> it's like wow <laughs> but yeah pelvic floor was was really good so I cannot complain. So I was really glad I'd put the work in and felt confident going in, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And so I, I guess I was, yeah, how are, you, how are you now is the question really. Like, how have you been since the marathon? What's your regime looking like? Um, I've definitely slacked off a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm not running as frequently. I have been going back to the running club, but I haven't been for a few weeks. Um, I... I'm planning on getting back to Pilates. When when I suffer with the stress incontinence, it's more like if I've got a cough like continually and I've had it for like a couple of days, I do suffer then. It's not horrendous, but I know as soon as that happens, I'm like, right, get back on these squeezes. You need it consistently. It, it's a lifelong thing, isn't it? It's never... This is it, yeah. It's never going away, I'm afraid. So if I slack off, then I will know about it. But this is the thing, isn't it? Like knowledge is power and you know now where you can go for help, what yeah. you need to do to get back on track. Yeah. It doesn't need to like weigh down on you like this catastrophic ongoing yeah, like changing injury. Yeah. And I think the physio described it to me as like a toolbox and they wanted to put lots of tools in my toolbox so that when I left that I could continue and I could reach back into the toolbox whenever I needed to. And I was like, that's a really good analogy. So you've had such good care, haven't you? Oh, like, I don't, you don't hear this from everyone. I know. And that's where where I feel really privileged. Um, the women's has been, yeah, amazing. I mean, do you have any sort of final thoughts? I always think about the women who are just listening, who've, you know, just had a baby or so, just developed pelvic floor problems and are thinking like, this is it, game over. I'm just not, never going to be me again. I think the the one thing to take away for me would be just time you've just got to give it time and everyone is always in such a rush to bounce back and it's just it is the long haul with something like this time is the the biggest healer oh thank you you're all right (laughs) although I would point out that you have just like gone from like having a baby to running a marathon (laughs) in under two years so you know talk about taking your time I know I know I did I did did try and take my own advice but it was difficult it does sound like you were very sensible and methodical and took a step back when you needed to so I'll probably let you off 
massive thanks to Katie Nicholson for sharing that. You can find her on Instagram. She is at Mummy to London Marathon. The hospital she was talking about was Liverpool Women's Hospital. I'll put more details in the show notes. Neither she nor I are medical professionals, so please don't take anything you heard as medical advice. Uh, the book, the book, the book is called Why Mums Don't Jump, Ending the Pelvic Floor Taboo. And it's available to buy now, which is absolutely wild um if you read it and you like it please do leave a review because the algorithms apparently like that and as ever get in touch tell me what you think and spread the word you've been listening to why mums don't jump with me helen ledwick you can find me on socials at why mums don't jump or online at why mums don't jump.com see you next week